Blog Talk Radio. give you your, yeah, i put it over there. Give me just one second. Mm-hmm. He 
Oh, mercy. salvation um gabby uh barbary we mentioned her wednesday night um yeah good friends of ours and she's she's uh i think she's 12 years old and um she's in need of a heart transplant her her situation deteriorating rapidly and uh you know i knew her just a few years ago i saw her a lot quite a bit i was helping out at the homeschool group over in paris and she was there, of course. I've seen her all the time, and I know, and I taught her brother and and her her older brother's best friends with our son JD. So I've known this family for quite a while, and and she's just a very active little girl. Was in gymnastics and everything else, and then all of a sudden, now she's got this heart condition and on the transplant list, and it seems pretty dire. So y'all please lift them up in prayer. The Barbary family. Anybody else? Anything? Oh mercy, sake. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope he's saved. Anybody else? Anything else? When you pray for this country, they pray about pray about this upcoming election. They pray to God that we don't our country isn't taken over by, you know, absolute criminal organization again. Uh just pray that God works all these things out. And let's pray that for pray for uh, not unrest in our country. I guess what I'm trying to say. Pray for peace, because there's lots of people planning unrest. So we need to we just need to pray that God just just takes takes control and and steers men to do the right thing, not the wrong thing. Uh, good men rise up and do something. Reverse versus sit back and let evil men just run them over them roughshod. Uh, just pray that those who believe in truth and right will stand up for it. All right. Anything else? We're going to meet with the Lord today. Amen. I mean, we're going to meet with God. So let's get ready to. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to pray. You pray with us while we pray. And let's ask the Lord to meet with us today. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus would I know. Amen. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. 
more, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness, see, more of his love who died for me, more about Jesus, let me learn, more of his holy will discern, Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches in glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness sees. More of his love who died for me. Amen. And that's certainly what we're here to do today. Amen. As we as we get into another week of uh, getting to know Jesus. Number 113. We'll turn over there and sing. But we want to learn more and more and more. Amen. Because the more you get to know about him, the more you want to be like him. Amen. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Hallelujah. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending ring from above. Bits of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This 
is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. And that's what we ought to be doing. In all honesty, we ought not ever quit praising him because he doesn't ever stop being good. Amen. If, I mean, if, 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 his, if his goodness, if his wonderful, magnificent presence ever dimmed, I could understand, but it doesn't. Amen. <laughs> he gets better and better and better and better. The closer you get to the finish line, you'll see how much better he'll get. Amen. 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 180. Let's sing about getting some souls saved. Bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Hark is the shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert dark and drear Calling the sheep who've gone astray Far from the shepherd's fold away Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus Who'll go and help this shepherd kind Help him the wandering ones to find Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold Where they'll be sheltered from the cold Bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert hear their cry. Out on the mountains wild and high. Hark, tis the master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep wherever they be. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. You notice that word bring That's it's crucial to that song It's also crucial to the Great Commission You're, uh, I've, I've said it lots of times But we can't expect them To find us Amen We can't expect them To find us Amen It's our duty to go to them And bring them in Amen Amen Welcome brother Glad you're here this morning Too many people have this idea that we're to sit and wait for them. But that's not true. He said, go. Go into all the world. That's where they're at. Amen. You pray for me as I sing this morning. He came unto his own. They received him not. Word inside a body, a lamb without a spot. He tried and tried to tell them, he said, I am the way. They could not understand how that he could say, 
chapter 17. Amen. That's one good thing about this study. You don't have to worry about finding your place. Just leave your Bible marker where it was last Sunday, and we'll be right back where we were. Amen. As we're going through the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, we're on our way to Calvary. We're approaching the cross. 
I mean, we're we're the night we're in the night before. Amen. If you realize that, I told my wife on the way to church this morning. I said, you know, we've been on the day before Calvary for quite some time, and I said, you know, this is this is uh, sermon 192 of this series. I ain't never in my life dreamed of doing 192 sermons on anything, but I have done 192 sermons consecutively on this subject, going step by step from before his birth all the way up now to his his uh, his death on the cross. And though we are, uh, as I was talking about yesterday with somebody standing in the Kidron Valley between the Southern Gate and the Garden of Gethsemane, in the moonlight, Jesus praying for his disciples. We're still probably, oh, I don't know, we're a long way off from from finishing up this sermon series. I told her, I said, we're probably a good ways from the cross. There's a lot of things to stop it on the way to the cross from even from here. So don't get get in a hurry. There's no need to get in a hurry. Amen? We just need to to get all we can get while we're here. Amen? We're going to read John chapter 17. I'm going to back up and read just a little bit just to kind of get us into what Christ is saying. This is all one prayer. Chapter 17 is, is one prayer, the last prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples before he goes to Calvary. I mean, he's praying directly, specifically for them. Now, he go, he's going to go kneel in the garden and he's going to pray. But this is the last moments of them together as a group. And he's praying for them. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna back up to uh, verse 14 and we'll read from there down through verse 23, and we will, we will stop and pray, and we'll get into the message. Begin there in verse 14 in chapter 17 of John. Jesus said, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You remember we talked about sanctification. It means God separating us apart from everything else for himself. Our lives belong to him once we are saved. We are his possession. All right? Sanctify them through thy truth. The word of God is what separates us to God. It's what separates us from from this sinful world. He said, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He has sent us to do the same thing. Amen. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Jesus is sacrificing his life. He is laying his life down to be the payment for sin. And he is, he is, he is separating himself apart for that, for, to be the to be the sacrificial lamb to pay the debt for the sins of the world, not only him being the sacrificial lamb, but he is also the high priest because he is presenting himself as a sacrifice. He is our mediator. He is the the gap that bridges uh, between us and a holy God, a sinful man and a holy God. He is the only bridge to God because he has paid our sin debt. It's all placed on him at Calvary. All the sin of the world, the entire sin of the world placed upon the Lamb of God and he was crucified, sacrificed, payment was made, the blood was shed. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin and it satisfied God's wrath against sin. Amen. 
That's something to say amen about right there. All right, so let's read verses 20 through 23. We'll pray and we'll get into the message. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, even... I'm sorry. That they may all be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me have I given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, has, and has loved me, loved them rather, I'm sorry, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come before thee. And Lord, I ask you please now, Lord, cleanse me, forgive me of any sin in my life, Lord. I pray, Father, you'd wash me clean and fill me with your spirit. Lord God, I want to nothing more than to honor Christ, Lord, with this message. Lord, I want nothing more than to see, uh, Lord, folks get under conviction of the Holy Ghost over things in their life. Lord, folks, if there's somebody in our midst that's not saved, Lord, I pray today be the day they, they come face to face with their sin and they turn in repentance to Christ and believe and be saved. Lord, I pray today that somebody whose, car, whose heart maybe has gotten a little cold and backslidden, Lord, this be the day they, they turn back to you with their whole heart and say, Lord, I want you to take me and do something with my life. Lord, I, this be a great day for somebody to surrender, to, to, to serve you more fervently than they have. Lord, I pray now that you make my mind clear, that you'll control my thoughts and my words. And Lord, I just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all of it. Bless those who listen in this morning by way of the Internet. Father, we just love you. We thank you for these that are here. Bless us now and meet with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I want us to focus there on verse 20, first thing, first and foremost. Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. Again, let's don't forget what we're talking about. He's saying, he, he is, he's saying I'm about to go and sacrifice myself. I'm about to go and, and lay my life down for the, for the sins of the world. And, and, and he's saying, Father, I'm asking you, Lord, you give them the power and you keep them in this world as they sacrifice themselves for the gospel. And listen, I said, I said it last week. We may not have to physically lay our lives down and die and shed our blood for the gospel. But if we're not called to do that, surely we can do something lesser than that that has some worth to it. I mean, if you're not called to die for Christ, at least you can live for it. Amen? That's sacrificing. Paul talked about dying daily. Now, what did he mean when he talked about dying daily? He's, he means Paul, Paul's wishes, wants, dire, desires, and dreams cannot get in the way of Christ and what Christ wants. So he's saying, old Paul, with all his wishes, desires, dreams, and wants, has to die and let Christ live because that would be better than letting Paul do his thing all day. Amen? And the same goes for me and you. All right, but he's saying neither pray I for these alone. He's praying for their sanctification. He's praying for the Father to to guide their life, to to comfort them, help them, and steer them through this life, and 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 for them to bring Him glory, for them to bring the Father glory with their lives. 
by glorifying the Son and by, and by teaching and preaching salvation through his blood. All right? So again, he says, neither pray I for these alone. So who all is included in this prayer? I want us to look at that. He said, neither pray I for these alone. Now, when he says, neither pray I for these alone, he's talking about the 11. You say, well, what happened to the 12? Well, Judas has already gone out to betray. So we, we, can, we can just knock Judas plumb out of that equation right there. All right? But he's praying for the 11 that are there with him. He's not only praying for the 11 that are there with him. He's, I believe he's also praying for the 70 that went out to all Jerusalem and preached. I believe he's praying for the others. I believe he's praying for the men and women that followed him while he was here on earth. All those who have believed on him and are believing on him as, as the Messiah, he's praying for all of them, amen, that will, that will go forth after his death, burial, and resurrection and preach and teach and share the gospel with others, not just preachers, not just... I want you to make sure you understand this. Not just pastors, not just evangelists, not just missionaries, not just Sunday school teachers, not just song leaders. Those are not all the people that are called to do the work of the ministry. They're just those who are working in the ministry, but they're not called to do the work of the ministry. And we'll get to that in a minute. But he said, he, he's not praying for these alone. He's saying, but for, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He's looking forward. He's saying those that are, that are either preached by them in their own day or those who, who wrote these things down for generations to come. I mean, thank God you and I, we have it in our hands here. Because of why? Because of faithful men who obeyed the Lord. Amen? Who, who, who sacrificed. I mean, you, you remember the name William Tyndale? I mean, he died for publishing that Bible, for printing it. So there had been a lot of bloodshed so you and I could sit here calmly on Sunday morning and hold our Bible in our lap. Many men have died. Many women have died for this gospel, for this book. And Jesus is praying for them now in the garden. I mean, not in the garden, but in the, in the valley there. He's praying for them to have the strength to do what, they're, what they have done. And he's praying for us today to have the strength to continue that work. Amen. He said, I, he's saying, I pray for them all. I pray for them all that they, that they may be, all be one in their interest in this prayer and that they may receive benefit by this prayer. I mean, look, we all have an interest in this prayer. Christ is praying for you and I here this morning in this prayer. Amen. We can benefit from this prayer that he's prayed. I want us to look here. Who is he praying for? Number one, I can tell you, he's praying for those who recognize they had a need for a mediator. Now, I'm telling you something. <clears throat> I don't know where you were. I don't know what you were doing when you realized you had a need for a mediator. You say, what do you mean by that mediator? I mean, again, you needed, you needed that Jesus to, to, to pay your, your price. You needed him to come as your high priest and apply his own blood to the mercy seat in heaven, satisfying the wrath of Almighty God against sinners. You needed that. Those who recognized that they couldn't pay their own sin debt, that their sin was over their head, they were drowning in it, and they knew that they were going to have to pay for their sin eternally. They are going to have to pay in, in damnation and torture and torment in hell for all eternity, and they did not want that. No, they wanted a God of love who loved them enough to sacrifice His only Son, His only begotten Son. Hey, listen, His perfect, holy, righteous Son 
He sacrificed him on our behalf. And those who recognize that they needed their sins paid for. I mean, those that lived then who walked with him, they saw and they believed. But they in after ages, in our day, we have not seen, but yet we have believed. John twenty twenty nine. Jesus was talking to Thomas um, after his resurrection, and he said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. You remember Thomas said, I won't believe unless I put my finger in the nail prints in his hand and put, thrust my hand into his side. And Jesus showed up and said, hey, feel me, feel me. Check it out. Thomas believed then, but hey, God, but here's what God says. God says the, those that are blessed, are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Listen, I haven't seen Jesus physically, but I can tell you that on November the 1st of, of 1975, standing in my bathroom brushing my teeth, I saw him by the eye of faith, and I knew that I needed saving. Amen? So that night on my, on my bed, kneeling in my bed, a little old seven-year-old boy, that night I believed that Jesus had done all that was necessary to save me. Not Listen to me and hear me good. Not save me from hell, save me from my sin. We always talk about, oh, you don't want to go to hell, do you? You don't want to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. But listen, it's our sin. It's our sin that has defiled us. It's our sin that has made this great gap, this great huge uh, bottomless valley between us and God and, and made us separate where we can't come to Him. It's our sin. It's not hell. Hell is there. The hell is just the the wastebasket. Hell is just the the, the place to throw them away for eternity when they refuse God and they don't want His salvation. Hell was not created for man. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. But man in his rejection of the sacrifice for sins says to God, I don't want what you have for me. I'll do my thing my way and I'll take care of everything. And then when he dies, he finds himself in hell forever. That's the the final penalty. <clears throat> so who, who who has an interest in this prayer? Who's included in this prayer? Well <clears throat> folks who believe. And how do they believe? So souls are brought to believe on Christ through the Word of God. I mean, you know, God could have, he could have, he could have, we could wake up every morning and, and the gospel could be spelled out in clouds across the sky if God wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of seashells on the shore. Don't you think God caused a wave to arrange them to spell out the gospel if he wanted to? I'm sure he could. He could arrange the mountain range to spell it out in cursive if he wanted to, and we could have looked at it from an aerial view. I mean, he could have done it any way he wanted to, but that's not how he chose to do it. He gave us his word. And he gave us the charge to take it into all the world. It's the reason the book was written. It's the reason the ministry continues down through the ages in the church. It's why we're here. It's the reason you and I are sitting here this morning. It's for the building of the body of Christ. Listen to what Romans 10, 13 and following says. For whosoever, I like that word, that means everybody can come. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, asking him to be their Savior. That's what it means. Trust in him, believing on him. And it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? You've got you to know that he's able to save you before you can 
call on him for salvation. And the Bible says, how shall they believe in him with whom they've not heard? Well, you've got to hear about him before you can believe in him. And how shall they hear without a preacher? I don't mean a pastor. I don't mean a pastor. Preacher, somebody that proclaims the good news. Amen? Now, people say, I don't believe in women preachers. I don't believe in women pastors. But I believe a woman can show preach the gospel if she wants to. Now, I don't mean stand up behind a pulpit and tell men, hey, you better do I mean, no, she's not to usurp authority, but she can sure share the love of Christ with somebody that he loved them enough to die for their sins. Amen. <clears throat> and how shall they preach except they be sent? I got to know you got to go. Amen. How do you know that? Well, that's where the preacher comes in. Amen. Hey, it's, it's my job to tell you that we are to go and we are to preach the gospel to everybody. Everybody deserves, everybody deserves to hear it once. Everybody ought to get to hear it once. Amen. I know some people, they just, they just try, they just tell people how to be saved over and over and over and over and over again. And they, and they, they spend all the time on one person while the rest of the world dies and goes to hell. Everybody, nobody ought to hear it twice, but everybody's heard it once. He said, and how shall they preach except they be sent? Again, we're sent. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. How are they beautiful too? They're beautiful to God. Because, again, when, when, you, when you send a messenger to do a job for you and they do it exactly like you tell them to, oh, it makes you feel so good, they did their job. But when you send somebody to send a message that's important and they just wander off and they don't ever get around to it and then that whole thing falls apart, you're like, what in the world are you doing? God don't want us doing that. He sent us with a message. And this is why he's praying for us right here in the standing in that valley. He's praying for us that we won't sit around on our blessed assurance with the gospel and not do anything with it. He wants us to do something with it. He said, how beautiful are those feet that preach the gospel of peace. It's a gospel of peace. Listen, God wants, God wants us to have peace with him. He wants to have peace with us. He wants us to be in his family. He wants, the, he wants to love us and for us to love him. There's peace there. Amen. And to bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you right now, my life's full of good things because I have Jesus. My life is full, of, uh, is full of wonderful things because I'm saved, because I know the truth, because I walk in truth and I stand in truth. My life is so blessed. I wouldn't want to be lost. I wouldn't want to be out in this world trying to find hope in, in material things. He said, but not, of all, not all have obeyed, they, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing. You've got to hear it and hearing by the word of God. We've got, in other words, Christ is saying, I'm praying for these who are, who are going to get saved, who are, they're, they're, those, those here today who are saved, he's saying, those who are standing with me today, well, tonight while I'm praying in this valley, and, and, and those who, 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 who believed on me now, but I'm praying for those who will believe on me, that they will too, will share the gospel without hesitation. See, I want to tell you something about it. Christ knows who will believe on him. Christ knows who will believe on him. Christ is not praying some vague prayer. 
throwing it out there into the throwing a prayer out into the universe. No, he's praying distinctively and specifically to his father. Because why? He knows who's going to believe on him. Christ knows very well who he prayed for. He knew who were given to him. He thanks the Father for those that the Father has given him, who being ordained to eternal life, were entered into the Lamb's book of life. You say, that sounds awful Calvinistic. No, God's sovereign, though. God's sovereign. That don't mean, you can't, that don't mean somebody can't get saved because I said that. I'm, so, I'm simply saying to you, Christ knows who's going to be saved because he knows everything. Okay? Some people that bothers when you start talking like that. You say, well, it sounds like it's all figured out and I can't do nothing about it. Well, you don't have control anyway. Does that mean some people can't get saved? God just said, you can't get saved. There's no way you'll ever get saved. No, I won't let you get saved. No, God, he's not willing to any should perish. But he knows they won't. He already knows what they're going to do their entire life. He knows, he knows what you're going to do your entire life. He knows everything about us. He knows every hair on our head. He knows, he knows every grain of sand on the seashore. He knows everything. And he knows whether you believe on him or whether you, whether you won't. He knows whether you have or whether you fake it. Amen. And by the way, if that kind of stuff scares you, it shouldn't unless you're living in rebellion to God. Amen. If you're saved, you know you're saved. It shouldn't bother you at all. If you're not saved, it ought to make it ought to, and you have a desire to be saved. That ought to give you some comfort. I need to come on and get saved because I got a desire right now and I need to. Amen. I, I don't want to mess around and reject this. Amen. I, listen, I, it ought to make a, it ought to make a lost person a little nervous. Amen. I believe there's a reason for that. Fourth thing I want to say on this: Jesus intercedes not only for successful and important believers, and there are some. There are very successful people in this world that are saved. There are very important people in this world that are saved. But I want you to know something. He intercedes for the poorest person too. He intercedes for the most vulnerable believer as well. Not only not only for those who are going to be placed into a high position of trust and honor in his kingdom. No, he prays, he prays even for those that in the eye of the world are completely insignificant. Matthew 18, 11 through 14. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father in, which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Listen, don't 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 ever think for one second that, that, that the Lord doesn't love somebody who who doesn't have much or somebody who maybe nobody knows is even even there. I'm gonna tell you something. The Lord went around the corner, he left the religious crowd and went around the corner to find those who were down and out in the in the in the alley, those who were down on Skid Row in Jerusalem. He went to those people. Don't think for one second that the Lord wasn't praying for you because you feel insignificant. That's your feelings. Don't listen to your feelings. Amen. Old poem says, feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Naught else is worth believing. Amen. Don't listen to your feelings. Your feelings come from your flesh, and your feelings are lie to you. Amen. He loves you. He gave his life for you. Amen. And he's praying for you, for you to be strong as a believer. Why? Because he loves you, and he wants you to be prosperous as a believer. 
<coughs> Jesus Christ in his mediation as our mediator in paying the debt for us, he had, an, he had an actual love and an affection toward the chosen remnant which were yet unborn. He was, he was praying for them, for people that should be created later on. Psalm 22, 30 and 31. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. These people weren't even born yet, and Christ is praying for them. Christ is praying for those who hadn't even been born yet. Jeremiah 1, 4. If you want to know how Christ feels about the unborn, let me tell you something real quick. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. Here he is, here he is speaking about J- to Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed you in the belly, before you even was there, I knew you. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, or I set you apart for something. So they say, well, a baby ain't really a baby until he draws his first breath. No, God already had a ministry for him. Don't tell me the unborn ain't important. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be rough on Judgment Day for a lot of people. Whoo, I wouldn't want to stand in their shoes for a million dollars. Bunch of baby killers. God help them. And there ain't no help for them outside of Christ, amen. But Christ had us in mind that night. He had us in mind. He already knew us. John ten sixteen. Jesus said, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. He was talking about they're not Jews. No, he's speaking about the Gentiles. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Amen? <clears throat> Listen, every Jew that's saved and every Gentile that's saved, we're all in the same fold. We're a part of the body of Christ. Now, I realize there's a difference between the body of Christ and churches, okay? When you say the church, uh, listen, I, I, don't, I don't associate myself with that bunch down the road down there that got the statue in front of, of Joseph or whatever it is down there. I don't associate myself with them folks because they don't believe this same gospel we have here. Now, I'm not saying they might not be some sprinkled in there that might accidentally have heard the truth and believed and are stuck there. They might be some down yonder to another outfit that doesn't preach what we preach. But when I speak about the body of Christ, I mean everybody who's came through the blood, everybody who believed in the saving power of the blood of Jesus, everybody who believed that he died, was buried, rose from the grave, that he was born of a virgin womb, amen, that he is the sinless, spotless son of God. I don't care what is on their sign. If they believe that, I can fellowship with them. That don't mean I won't sit in, 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 in church and debate Bible doctrine and say, oh, well, we'll believe what you believe. We won't worry about that. No, I'm not giving up doctrine, but I can fellowship with them if they believe in the blood of Jesus Christ, the salvation of sins. They believe in salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But every single one who comes through that blood is a part of that body. Amen? And he was praying for them that night. Amen. So what is the intention of this prayer? Let's get into that. we got about 12 minutes. Let's see if we can knock it out. What is the intention of this prayer? Verse 21. We may not get in 22 or 23. He said that they may all be one. That they may all be one. That made me think of Psalm 133, verse 1. Here's what it says. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I mean, that's what God said. It's good when, when we can all get along. We all got the same heart. We all got the same heart. We all got speaking the same thing. Amen. I mean, the only reason that gospel preachers need to get along is because we all got the same message. Amen? 
I tell you right now, you try to set me down, me and a Church of Christ preacher, we're going to butt heads all day long. Why? Because he's going to tell me, oh, you got you got to get saved in our church, and you got to come down and shake my hand, and i got to take you up in this baptistry, and it'll wash all your sins away. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, listen, you try to put me with a Pentecost, uh, with a with a raving Pentecostal preacher who says, "Now you you get you you can trust Jesus, but you got to speak in tongues to show me that you're really saved." Let her loose, let her loose, man, let her loose. That's what they do. They'll get about seven, eight around you, and they'll all go, go blah, 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 blah. let her loose, let her loose, let your tongue loose. One of my friends who used to say, "Shalabahanda, but about a Kia." Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. <laughs> Close you ever gonna hear me speaking in tongues. I can't get along with a fellow who believes that because see he's adding something to salvation. Amen. I can't get along with a fellow, the water dog, because he's adding something to salvation. Amen. And I can't believe. Listen, I can't. I can't get along with the Methodist who says, "Well," or, or, or the Catholic who says, "Well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this and this." No, they got their own works. They're taking something away. Jesus didn't pay it all. I got to pay some of it myself. No, you subtract, you add. I ain't got nothing to do with you. We can't get along. But I can tell you this: if you believe it, that by, by believing on His shed blood and His death, His burial, and resurrection, that you're saved. Hey, I can fellowship with you all day long. I don't care what you call yourself. <sighs> But the oneness that Jesus prayed for here is for all believers. I didn't say all Baptists. I said believers. <clears throat> it's a prayer for all that are his. And we, you know what? We need to be sure that we understand that it is an answered prayer, that Christ will answer this prayer. That God Father will, will give us the things that he's asking for. <clears throat> and I'm going to share with you what he's praying for. Number one, that they might all be united in one body. Every blood-washed believer combines to create the body of Christ. Though we live in distant places, from one end of the earth to the other, and in different ages, different times, from the beginning to the close of time, so that we can't have any communication with them from one end to the other, yet we are all united under the common head of Christ and all the same love from one end of time to the other. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. That's at the end. That's when it's all done. All of us, all the way back from Adam, all the way to the last one, we'll all be brought in together in the fullness of Christ. Things which are in heaven and things which are in earth, earth even in him that will be united into one body. He's praying, number two, that we might all be animated by one spirit. You say, what do you mean animated? I mean, listen, without the spirit of God, what, what is the Christian life? There is no Christian life without the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God who when we get saved, he, he, the Bible says he quickeneth our spirit. In other words, he, he brings our spirit to life. You've cut your nail before and you cut it down in the quick where it's alive. And you say the word quick in the Bible is talking about life. And he, it's the spirit that brings us to life. Listen, uh, he says he says that they may that they also may be one in us, and that's what he's implying there. Union with the Father and the Son 
is only obtained through the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost convicting us and showing us that we were lost, we'd never come to Christ to begin with. And we couldn't have peace with God. So it's the Spirit who draws us and brings us and leads us to salvation and places us into the body of Christ. And it's Him that keeps us there. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. We are in one, we're one with him. You understand that? I listen, you say, but yeah, but I'm still a sinner. You're washed. You're washed. When God looks down at you, if you're saved, and then don't mistake this for an excuse to sin because it's not. But when God the Father looks down upon you, believer, he don't see your sin. He cannot see your sin. It is covered, washed away in the blood of Christ. The father looks down and he sees his son. Now you can't have you can't have fellowship if you're living in sin. You're going to suffer. He's not suffering. You're the one suffering. You're drying up on the vine for lack of fellowship because of the sin in your life. You're not injuring God. Your salvation's paid for in Christ. He's paying for that part of your life too. But he keeps the spirit of God keeps us. The Holy Ghost of God keeps us. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.30 that we're not to grieve Him. How do we grieve Him? We grieve Him when we don't follow God's instructions. We grieve Him when we don't do what God told us to do. When we sin against the Lord and we, we get out of His will and we, we, we wander around doing our own thing for a while, we grieve God's Holy Ghost because He lives in us. And the Bible says, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That is until the time the Lord takes you home. You're sealed. The devil can't take you. He can't take your salvation away. God has sealed you by his Holy Spirit. And we are animated. He is the one. He's the one when we get up in the morning. And if we decide to live for God and we get on our knees and ask the, ask, ask the Lord, please help me live for you today, it's going to be the Holy Ghost doing that operation through you all day long. It's, that's, that's who works in you. So he's the one who animates us. Uh, the third thing I want to bring to your attention on this. He said that they might that they might be knit together. He's saying that they might be as one. He means that they might be all knit together, like I've talked about, like a crochet, abiding in Christ, knit together. Just, I mean, you can't rip it. It's, it's tied knots. Okay? He, he, we're, we're, he wants us to be knit together in the bond of love and charity. In other words, all of one heart. God wants all of us in here and, and us with all the other believers that we meet throughout our life. He wants us to be one in heart and in charity. I'm going to give you some thoughts and we're going to wrap it up. What do I mean by that? That it might be knit together in the bond of love and charity. In judgment and thought, the way we judge things, the way we think about things. Not in every little detail, because we disagree on some minor things. It ain't no big deal. But, but in the great things of God, in this great scheme of things, we agree on those things. Uh, that, that, that having God's favor in our life is better than life itself. I mean, that God's pleased with us. That's better than anything in this life. We can all agree on that. Am I right? Amen? All right? Uh, that, that sin is the worst of evils because it's turning away from God. We all agree with that too, right? Well, I mean, sin is evil. There's no worst of evil, but it is evil. That lost souls need Jesus. Can we agree on that? Amen. That Christ is the best friend ever. Can we agree on that? That there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. Can we agree on that? Hey, well, see, that's what God wants. He wants us to be in unity on those things. He wants us to be 
in agreement in, in our temperament and our behavior. I mean, when, when we're sanctified and we're set apart to God, we're to have the same divine nature and divine image. We're all to be conformed into the image of his son. That's what the Bible says. So we're, we're to have, listen, a Christian ought not be somebody who has a wild temper who just gets furious sometimes and rah, blows up. That's not how Christ is. We need to pattern ourselves after him. The way he dealt with people, that's the way we need to deal with people. We need not fly off the handle and be so emotional we can't control ourselves. God talks about temperance. God talks about self-control. Why? Because we are, to, we are to imitate him. Christian means little Christ. Do you realize that? It means a little Christ. We're to be a, a little representation of who he is. I know we can't always follow through with, follow through with that in every way, but with, by trusting God and, and, and asking God for the spirit of God daily in our life to work through us, we can get closer than we ever thought we could. Uh. Because, like I said, we have a new heart. Amen? We ought to be able, we ought to, be able to, to have the, the, the right kind of temperament about us. We ought to be able to have, to have the right kind of behavior. Because, because, again, because we have a new heart, and we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And we, and, we, and we all got the same kind of heart. So, therefore, we ought to all produce the same kind of fruit. We're all, we ought to be, all be one in our plans and our goals as well. We're almost done. Hang with me. We ought to all be one in our plans and our goals. Every true Christian, if he's a true Christian, sees the glory of God as his highest goal. If you are true, I'm talking about, listen, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I, I know people get backslidden, but I'm saying if you're truly washed in the blood, if you truly have Christ if you're truly seeking it all to know who God is, you ought to want his glory to be the first thing people know about your life. And you know what? What, what, what should your life be about? It ought to be about the glory of heaven. How do you do that? Well, by, by telling others that Christ died for them, by sharing this gospel so that heaven is populated and hell is depopulated. That's that's that ought to be that ought to be what we do. That ought to be our behavior. The Bible says in Luke fifteen seven, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Do you realize they shout in heaven when somebody gets saved? There's joy in heaven. <clears throat> I mean, listen, that ought to excite us to know that every time we lead somebody to Christ, they have they throw a they throw a hallelujah party in heaven. That ought to make us that ought to make that ought to give us a reason. Amen. I mean, we ought to all want that. They're all in their. They're all one in their desires and prayers. We 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 use different words when we pray. We we express them different ways, but we've received the same spirit of adoption, and we read the same Bible, and we pray for the same kind of things. Because we're all like minded. We're supposed to be like minded if we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for ourselves. We're supposed to pray for others. We're supposed to pray for sinners. Pray for those who are working in, the, working in the work of the Lord. I mean, listen, God, read your Bible. Let me tell you how to pray. And lastly, they're all, all one in love and affection. Every true Christian has a supernatural love in him which leads him to love other Christians. You, you know, that's the great thing about being a believer. 
I can meet somebody for the first time today. If they're saved, they're my brother or sister. We're in a family together. And we can fellowship like we've been we've been in the same family our whole life. Amen. We got you know why? Because we got the same father. And we, and we got the same Savior. And we got the same book. And we can fellowship. We got something to talk about. We got something to rejoice about. When you meet somebody for the first time, you know, you talk to them a little bit. Like, How old are you? When was your birthday? Well, you know what? That, that's an earthly question. But when a believers get together, we all say to somebody, when did you get saved? That's like asking when your birthday was. Amen? I mean, we ought to be interested in other believers' testimonies. Amen? Why? Because it reminds us of how good our own is. Amen. Christ is praying here in, in, in the valley. Praying for them to have true communion. That's what he wants. He doesn't want his... Listen, and I know you may say, well, why are there so many different denominations out here? All these different, all these different beliefs and everything. That's a good question. I'll tell you why. Because men are sinners. And they want to have it their way. I, I mean, I mentioned the Church of Christ earlier, but maybe, maybe many of you don't know, but that started in Kentucky in a Baptist church. I mean, this is not the exact exact story, but it's close. I can get to it without reading you the history book. But there was a Baptist preacher, and some of his congregants would not get baptized, and so he made it required for salvation. And therefore, that was spawned the Campbellites, or the Church of Christ. That was man saying, uh-huh, well, you don't want, you don't want to do it? We'll make it a requirement. I'll take this verse and twist it. I'll take Mark 16, 15, 16, I'll twist them all over the place, and we'll make it a doctrine. Now that that right there, I can't I can't have unity with that. Amen. Not at all. But that's why there's so many different ones is because men come up with their own ideas. Men want to change it to suit themselves. Just stick with the book. Amen. Just stick with the book. Listen, there's there's plenty there's plenty of there's plenty of of, of Bible churches out there. I'd agree with most all them pastors in the Bible church. A lot of them I would. Amen. There's plenty. There's plenty of uh, there's some non-denominational churches that I, I'd probably agree with their pastor, but on on, on, the, on the fundamental doctrines. But when men begin to privately interpret Scripture, which the Bible says it's not of any private interpretation, that's when we get in trouble. But those who believe the truth, salvation by grace through faith in Christ, and nothing else. God says he wants us to be one. Amen? You say, he don't want the rest of them out there? Well, they don't believe the truth. You've got to believe the truth to be in part of the club. Amen? That's the only way in is to believe the truth. But Christ is praying for true communion. The fellowship which we have here with God and our future union with the saints in heaven, we're all going to be one. Amen. That's what he wants. First John 1, 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. If we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, we can easily have fellowship one with another. And I want to share this thought and we're done. <laughs> this prayer of Christ won't have its complete answer till all the saints come home home to heaven, till we're all gathered together. 
for then and not till then will we be perfect in one. But until then, I'm going to close with this scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. The Bible said, And he gave some apostles and some evangelists and some, I'm sorry, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give those offices of the ministry? He said, for the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting of the saints. What does that mean? That means the maturing, the growing up of the saints for the work of the ministry. You can't send kids to do a job and get, expect to get it done. They've got to be grown up and mature. I've learned that, raising children. You can't expect them to do it right until they get maturity. But that's what he's saying. That's why God gave people to work in the ministry to mature us as believers so that we can go forth and, and do the work of the ministry, which is what Christ is praying for us to do, for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? For the edifying of the body of, of Christ. And that word edifying might not be a word you use all the time, but it means building up. Edifying means to make something bigger and better. Well, how does the body of Christ get bigger and better? Well, each time a soul gets saved, another one gets added to it, just like bricks on a wall. How does the wall get built? Another brick gets buttered with mortar and slapped up on top of the line there. That's how. And as one soul is saved, another brick is placed, another brick is placed, and they're placed into the body of Christ. That's how the body of Christ gets built. That's how the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, he says right after that. That's what we're to be doing till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Christ is praying for us to do his ministry because that's why we're here. Don't, it's not inside these walls. It's outside these walls. Let's not let his prayer go unanswered. Let's, let's heed the call. I wonder today, you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, I need to be a part of that. I'm not, I'm not really doing a lot to see the, the, the body of Christ edified, but I, I'd really like to. I just don't really know how to go about it. We can get it done. But it's going, it's going to take people who are willing to do it. And I wonder today, is he speaking to you? Because this church won't, won't grow like it should until we're, until we're really doing what we should. And I want to see it grow, and I know you do too. Amen. So if, if we if we can get together on this idea that we are to go into all the world and and we're to win them one by one, we can do that. We can. This church will grow. It'll 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 be what God wants it to be. Let's stand together. We're gonna have a word of prayer in just a second, and then we're gonna have a song of invitation. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you today and I ask you, please, Lord, that your Holy Spirit of God might move amongst us today, that you might put your finger on the needs, Lord, that you might address those needs. Father, I'm sure you already have. Lord, I pray if there be somebody in our midst not saved, I pray this be the day that they come humbly realizing that they're lost and that they need salvation that there'll be no heaven without Christ. 
that they must believe, they must have their sins forgiven. Oh, Lord, I pray that that take place today. Lord, if there's somebody here that's backslidden in their heart and cold toward you, or maybe they've just lost the zeal that they used to have, I pray, Lord, that today they might turn to you with their whole heart and say, have, have mercy on me and forgive me for what I haven't done and give me the strength, give me the wisdom and the courage to step up to the plate and serve you like I should. Lord God, please help us. I pray, Lord, that you work in this invitation now, that your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing number 375, Just As I Am. If God lays something on your heart and you need to come and pray, come and pray. If you need to come for salvation, come today. Trust Christ and be saved. Don't wait any longer. Don't put it off. Today's the day of salvation. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to sitting in them one night after I've told this before I'm going to say it again though I was sitting one night after I'd preached I just baptized a little girl and I had her mother in the office and she told me she said you know I, I, I wish I could be saved but I can't and I said why she said because I'm an alcoholic that was her sin that was her biggest thing in her life that was it was it was just Satan was just saying no there's no way you can come to Christ because of that and I asked her I said have you ever heard the words have you ever sang Just As I Am? She said, oh, it's my favorite gospel song. And I said, well, have you ever listened to the words? It says, Just As I Am. I don't have to offer him anything but me. All I have to do is come to him and be willing to lay my sin down at his feet and say, Lord, I need you to wash me clean. Just as I am. And that's what this song is saying. You don't have to have some requirement fulfilled before you come to him. You come just as you are. We're going to sing one more verse. Verse 3. Ready? Just as I am though tossed about with many a conflict many a doubt fightings and fears within without O Lamb of God I come I come Amen I appreciate your attention and I pray the Lord gave you something today that you can take with you we're going to go in here and eat Amen I know y'all glad about that 
I smelled it. It smelled mighty good. Amen. And there's plenty for everybody, so don't nobody need to go run to Dairy Queen or Subway or nowhere else. We can eat here. Amen. Got plenty for you. Got plenty plenty to drink. So we're going to pray. As soon as we do, we'll head out that door, head back to the fellowship hall. Please stay and eat with us. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. And Grant, lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this afternoon. First of all, we just want to thank you for being such a wonderful, loving, good God.